Welcome to the week 14 news edition of the Fantasy Football Brothers podcast. My name is Blake and I'm here with my younger brother Carson as we discuss relevant fantasy news heading into the weekend matchups. How you doing? I'm doing very well because I played Dalvin Cook last night. (laughs) We can talk about that matchup a little bit. Uh, We won't be very statistically focused. We'll save that for matchup previews, but wow. I watched the highlights this morning and also was following the game on my phone a bit. And I can't believe the Vikings almost choked that. Yeah, that was uh, not the best performance from Kirk Cousins. But honestly, like he has a tendency to not really show up in primetime. Uh, yeah, but he, he barely even needed to. He just I don't understand why they didn't keep on running with Dalvin Cook. I mean, I can't complain of 200-plus rushing yards. But, I mean, why are they even throwing it when they're up that big? Uh, any, any deep of a range. I don't because know. Because I know did, one of the picks was pretty seem... deep. It did seem pretty mean-spirited the way they just kept throwing the ball. I agree. Yeah, yeah, but I'm glad I started Cook. I, I, I'm sure that there are people that didn't because they either, one, didn't realize that he was going to play because recording on Wednesday, we didn't think there was a high chance, or two, just were skeptical. I, I heard that some fantasy analysts thought uh, that it was p- potentially a decoy just to scare the Steelers. I, I'm glad I didn't read that <laughs> interpretation before making my decision. But uh, yeah, I mean, people, it was surprising for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say how often does that really happen, but I think that may have been what happened with Daryl Williams or uh, Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, he had his biggest game of the season, so can't complain of that. And Jefferson had a good day. Uh I have Deontay. He had a respectable day. Can't be too disappointed if Mr. Reliable. Um, yeah. Fryermuth even caught a touchdown. I mean, yes. he only had two catches, but still got you 11 fancy points. And almost had the game-tying touchdown, barring the two-point conversion they would have had to also convert after that. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like the Vikings always... They just want games to be decided on the final play. That's happened so many times, and they kind of uh, threw pun intended and pun not intended (laughs) to allow that to happen later on in the game yeah most of most of their games have been decided within one score so it's been a stressful year if you've been a vikings fan that is for sure and then claypool's antics that uh, we don't need to get that much into a lot of media has been focusing on that i mean uh, I, I think, watched I it think back. like undeservedly so i, I mean to like some degree the, you know the other the other story surrounding him right now is that he uh requested music be played at practice and people are giving him flack over that okay yeah that that's not a big deal I, there's no reason to pile on right there but uh, what he did <laughs> earlier like in the first early in the game he like poked an opposing defender like through the face mask and that was stupid and, and then the whole final drive Pittsburgh has no timeouts and he's over there doing like a first down celebration and then gets mad when his own teammate takes the ball from him to give to the ref so that they can spike it. I mean, yeah, he was being dumb. uh, Yeah, it was not the most mature moment from him uh, from a variety of points in that game. Uh, But I mean, he got you the fantasy points. That's something. Yeah, Um, and he had like three of them on the final drive. Yeah, something that we haven't seen from him a lot this season. So. Uh, hopefully there's, I mean, uh, from a fantasy manager's perspective, hopefully there's no disciplinary actions taken against him in the next game. But uh, I kind of doubt that there will be. Um, either way, let's let's jump into the news that you probably came to hear, not just the uh, uh, piling on to Chase Claypool podcast. <laughs> maybe maybe that'll be an off-season venture. 
But uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, let's start with some important inactives. So first and foremost, I think it's probably Keenan Allen. Um, placed on the COVID list earlier this week. Uh, he was a vaccinated player, is a vaccinated player, but uh, did not uh, go through the proper processes in order to be eligible to play this week. So a lot of teams will be missing him because he's been, you know, just one of the most reliable wide receivers in fantasy. And I have a question, and I, you probably can't even answer it because for whatever reason, it, uh, everything that has to do with COVID and vaccination statuses seems so uh, unclear uh, on what people actually are, if they're vaccinated, unvaccinated, when they had a positive, just like all of the details surrounding it. But I'm just so confused how... Keenan Allen is vaccinated, and the report that he tested positive came out earlier than Mike Williams, who's suspected to be unvaccinated, but he's more likely to play? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, well, the biggest distinction is that uh, Williams never tested positive. He was okay, just a close was just contact. contact. Okay, yeah. I guess that is the and, difference. And, yeah, and the rules regarding a unvaccinated player that it's deemed a close contact is they have to quarantine for five days minimum. Um, so mm -hmm. Williams, uh, thus far has tested negative. He's on track to play Sunday and that's according to, uh, coach Staley, uh, there, but yeah, it's unfortunate that Keenan Allen is uh, being taken out this week due to, uh, illness. So you hate to see that and yes. it's going to hurt a lot of, uh, fantasy teams going uh, that are, you know, maybe needing him for a playoff, uh, entrance. Yeah. Definitely disappointing. Uh, all right, so another inactive, and I guess we can. Uh, we've talked about it elsewhere, but um, I think it. I think it opens the door for Jalen Guyton to have an increased role in yeah. that offense, and you also like that uh, the opportunity for Mike Williams to maybe get a little bit more consistent uh, target share or or more opportunity for uh, points there in the receiving game, and then also just uh, Austin Eckler getting a few more targets a few more catches uh for his totals if that's even possible as a running back but i if anyone can do it it's him i mean he gets so many so yeah i do like that opportunity for him as well yeah definitely um similar situation uh minus the COVID aspect darren waller inactive and we talked about this last week about you know we kind of hyped up foster moreau and he kind of disappointed um are you feeling any different about him this week uh, no not really i don't think you can lock him in as a surefire replacement like he did earlier in the season and he had like six receptions for 60 yards um and maybe a even a touchdown yeah a touchdown so uh, mm -hmm. that i think is going to be more of an outlier as far as i mean he has the potential but he's just not a surefire replacement, so I don't think you can have that level of confidence as him just, you know, slotting into that role as you uh, did going into last week. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, in similar tight end news, we're kind of just uh, creating parallels as we go, but uh, David Njoku has been added to the COVID list, so he will be inactive, and that opens the door for Austin Hooper to be more involved uh, as the main tight end for the Browns. Yeah, the Browns, yeah the, the Browns had more success in Week 12, the last game they played, but it was also against the Ravens. They had more success, much more success throwing, so, I mean, Hooper has the talent. We talked about him in the DFS episode, which, go check that out, um, as a very good value pick, and I do expect him to uh you know be serviceable uh in that role where 
nobody else should be taking away targets in that uh, role as the tight end. I'm not saying go run out and you must start him, but he, he could be a sneaky play. Let's just say that. Yeah, I, I mean, especially at his price in DFS, I, I don't blame you for uh, pursuing that. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the 49ers. Eli Mitchell is inactive due to concussion, and Debo Samuel still questionable uh, to play as of recording this. So uh, h- how does the backfield kind of shake out, and, and who are you looking in the receiving game if Debo doesn't play? So I guess it's Jeff Wilson Jr., and Jermichael Hasty also will be there. So... You don't love the matchup. Uh, Cincinnati is much easier to pass against than run against. But, I mean, we're talking about the San Francisco offense that loves to run. So I think that it's definitely worth rostering and probably playing Jeff Wilson. He, I mean, you might have injuries or buys that are taking away your usual running backs. And I think he should have a safe floor just with how that offense runs and functions. And as far as receivers, I'd love to say Ayuk. Uh, kind of for the same reasons we talked about him last week, but he didn't really return the value that we thought he would have last week. But uh, George Kittle certainly did. So yeah, George Kittle is uh, certainly, other than the, the week he had in week 12, but they just ran so much more than they passed. But you have to yeah. trust Kittle. He, he's locked in back in like Kittle status, I guess you could say, for tight ends. Oh yeah, I think so. I, I think you'd be you'd be kind of crazy to uh, to bench him after the week he had last week. So... I think he is a must-start, um, and, you know, maybe a little bonus uh, with Debo if he misses again. Uh, let's talk about the Lions going up against your Denver Broncos. I think it's a guarantee at this point, given the recent news, that Denver is just going to uh, completely crush the Lions after their first win of the season. It's tough. So... Yeah, so right off the bat, uh, DeAndre Swift is unlikely to play. Uh, we kind of already knew that going into the week, that it was uh, uh, kind of a long shot for him to play this week. But uh, his backup, Jamal Williams, he is, he's been placed on the COVID list, and TJ Hawkinson is doubtful for the game. So, I mean, who are they left with? They have, uh, I, I can't attempt his name, but it's something, a uh, Way. I just I, I, I just did attempt it, even though I said I wouldn't. Um, and then Jamar Jefferson. But Yeah, uh, you're not starting in, either of them. No, no, especially against the Denver defense at home. Like, no yeah. way. Um, I, I think this is a and – and if Hawkinson does miss, like, I, I don't think you feel confident enough starting any of the wide receivers. Like, yeah, like, a, like a St. Brown – no, I, I really wouldn't because I think the defense is going to be too tough. It's going to be I a think, massacre. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, and you're hoping for that, I'm sure, but I think <laughs> that that's probably a realistic outcome given how they're just they've been decimated by uh, misfortune as of late. Yeah. Um, so I guess that leaves us with the Giants. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and this again, this is always a long injury list heading into every week. Uh, but the official inactives as of now are Daniel Jones and Kadarius Toney. Uh, Jones w- had not cleared uh, contact in practice as of Wednesday, so uh, that does not surprise me. And then Kadarius Toney, that uh, oblique, and you know we all know where the oblique is, so we don't need to get into that. But um, it's just, I guess it's unfortunate that, like, you know, he's he's a rookie and he hasn't really had the opportunity to uh, show us what he's got outside of a few instances this season. So 
he's going to be one of those players in redraft leagues next year that I think I think people are going to be I think he's probably going to fall in the drafts because of that but he might be um might be a late round flyer kind of a um what do they call him a breakout candidates yes yeah I agree um yeah uh, sorry, I I was <laughs> I realize I have the notes in front of me. Um, for for questionables, we have Mike Glennon who did clear the concussion protocol, so it is uh, nearly official that he will start on Sunday. Uh, Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard; these are usual suspects in terms of questionable heading into the week matchup. Um, I think. I think if you have those guys, like, what's your confidence in starting either of them, Galladay or Shepard, if they're active against not, the uh, Chargers? Not, not high, especially against a Chargers defense that is very good against the pass. Uh, not high. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I definitely feel better about Shepard than Galladay. I think we've seen it more from Shepard than Galladay this season. But you're right. I mean, you don't you don't feel confident about either one, really. No. Um, lastly, before I do some more, uh, refreshing on my feed, but, uh, Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman are inactive for the Jets against the Saints. So, uh, Ty Johnson's going to step up, I suppose. And I mean, uh, as of now, Zach Wilson's still the starter, so not a lot of upside there seemingly, but, uh, how do you feel about Ty Johnson in this matchup? Yeah, I think the news of those inactives really makes Ty Johnson more of a sneaky DFS play than an actual fantasy play. Um, I mean, Ty Johnson has had good performances, especially as like a receiving back. Um, and the Jets play the Saints, so they probably will be wanting to throw more because the Saints are a much better rush defense, but that matchup alone doesn't make you feel good about Ty Johnson as uh, the sole running back. But, I mean, it is hard to turn down a player, a running back, that seems to just be, like, uh, the bell cow for the team, if, if, if it's just for a week or for however long the scenario is. But, I mean, we're talking about the Jets, and we're talking about a good rush defense. So I think that you should probably slow your roll if you're reaching to get Ty Johnson um, at this moment. I mean, we thought that he would be the more valuable option when Carter went down, but then Coleman was clearly the, the veteran, was the better option. So if that says enough, I think, for Johnson in this offense. Yeah, um, one more thing. So it was said that, and I'm trying to scroll back a pretty long distance, so I may not be able to get it direct, but... Um, Pete Carroll says that Adrian Peterson has a lower back issue and will not play this week. Uh, again, of course, Seahawks are playing at Houston this week. Um, so you would think that Alex Collins would be the guy, but earlier this week, uh, Carroll was quoted saying that uh, I believe it was Rashad Penny would get, quote, a lot of playtime this week. So uh, in terms of, like, the, you, you like the matchup, but in terms of, uh, figuring out who to start in that Seahawks backfield, I would, I would, I would opt to avoid it altogether if possible. Yeah, lost cause. I mean, you got uh, even past Penny. You got DJ Dallas that gets some carries sometimes. You got Homer who does fake punt uh, runs into the end zone. Not that I think that's a regular <laughs> occurrence, but it just shows oh, it's you a like regular they, occurrence. They, they have like plenty of people that they can just so easily turn to a committee for. Uh, just yeah. if they really, if they slightly want to. And then it's over yeah. for fantasy purposes. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely a committee. Um, we can talk about 
Tony Pollard, he's questionable for the Cowboys this week with a uh, partially torn plantar fascia in his left foot. Um, that's a very painful injury. That's something that uh, Taysom Hill was dealing with uh, earlier this season. It, mm. it limits your ability to run effectively, at least run pain-free. So it's not an ideal uh, injury for a running back especially. Uh, but pretty much any athlete on a football field is going to need to run on occasion. I, you know, if you're a kicker, I, it's your foot, so that's important too. But uh, what I'm trying to say is that it seems like it's going to be a Zeke week. Am I am I right in assuming that you think? I'm happy to hear that. I think it could be, and I've heard reports about Zeke saying that he's turning a corner on his knee injury, I believe he's been dealing with all season, so uh, hopefully that's true, and that means that he can be explosive, because that's uh, something that people have been saying he's been lacking lately, and that has allowed Pollard to shine in comparison. Um, I mean, I was almost thinking about starting both Pollard and Zeke, uh, but it's and that was bold, and now it's too risky with uh, Pollard being game time decision. And even if he plays, the the likelihood of him reaggravating that injury I've heard is actually kind of high. So then that leaves you in a bad spot if he breaks away on a run and then like uh, tears the muscle in his foot even more. So uh, yeah, I I think that hopefully this is just a good Zeke week, and that's yeah. And that Pollard recovers uh, for his own abilities, but fantasy-wise, feed Zeke, please. (laughs) Yep, hashtag Zeke week. Yes. Um, Last thing we can go to, and I I think I've already said that, but uh, Melvin Gordon is practicing as of Friday, so he should be good to go. And, you know, it's disappointing for Javante Williams' uh, fantasy managers, but um, I think it's good for, you know, Denver as a whole that you know they like to use those guys in a split uh, system and uh, I think they're going to run all over Detroit I agree and then the last thing before we wrap up uh, this is not fantasy news just other football news Uh, unfortunately I don't know if it was announced last night or early this morning Demarius Thomas passed away at the age of only 33 um, someone who was very good for the Broncos, and I've just heard that he's, people are saying, Hall of Fame player, even better person. That was a quote from Peyton Manning. So thoughts and prayers go out to Demarius Thomas's family and all close to him. Um, I mean, if he had Manning there his entire career, I feel like he uh, could have been a Hall of Famer, but no, nonetheless, he's a Broncos legend, and just it's tough to hear that. There's no like official reports on the cause of death, but regardless... Uh, just such a sad loss for uh, the NFL and uh, just Broncos fans and all people close to him. So just tough to hear this morning. Yeah, um, all fans of football, really. I mean, he was a great player and uh, from many reports, a, a great person to uh, to to interact with. So uh, yeah. very sad news there. And uh, like you said, our, our thoughts go out to the family and um, – it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult difficult day for fit football fans. It is for sure. I know that uh, I think the Broncos tomorrow or Sunday uh, against the Lions. I think they're going to have a tribute, and then all of them are going to be wearing eighty eight on their helmets. So um, yeah, that's something that will be commemorating him. But just sad news, and uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers. But yeah, sad note. But uh, I guess that wraps up our news episode. Um, hopefully you can all enjoy this weekend's football and hope you can secure your spots in your league's playoffs. Yeah. Good luck, everybody.
Peace out.